This podcast is brought to you by 3B, the mental wellbeing company, hosted by Claire and Sue, co-founders of 3B. When you've got your wellbeing mojo on, you're firing on all cylinders, you're accepting of whatever comes your way, you're being resilient. We believe that one size does not fit all, and we want you to discover your own wellbeing mojo. So join us on our podcast journey where we'll be exploring the many different aspects of mental well-being. And hopefully, you can learn what you need to get your well-being mojo on. This week's podcast features an extract from our weekly radio show, Let's Talk Well-Being. So we're here this afternoon with Jacqueline. Welcome, Jacqueline. Hi, thanks for having me. Oh, no, we're really excited to have you and really looking forward to our chat with you this afternoon. Um, So you are from In The Glow Face Yoga, which just sounds, I don't know, it just sounds really sumptuous and wonderful. So you're a face yoga and facial gua sha instructor aesthetician and holistic therapist and you've been sort of doing this kind of thing for around 30 years I have indeed wow now it says here that you've always been interested in the skin and face and initially you did your training as a beauty body therapist and cosmetologist in the early 90s at the London Institute of Beauty Culture Um, since then you studied various complementary therapy practices including aromatherapy, Reiki healing, meditation, life coaching and yoga. And you're also a Heal Your Life workshop facilitator and coach, and that's based on uh, the work of Louise Hay. That's right. She's fantastic. So welcome to Let's Talk Wellbeing. Um, Thank you. Fabulous. So such a lot there to kind of get into. And and I'm particularly um, excited to hear about the 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 face yoga because that's not something that we've covered on let's talk well-being at all is it Claire it's not something we've it's not it's it's completely new for us and it's actually I've never heard of it but already I know I've already commented previously but already looking at your skin and everything else it's like I need some of that so I'm really (laughs) looking forward to hearing about it I'm looking forward to telling you about it as well (laughs) just for the record everybody you know Jacqueline is definitely in the glow (laughs) so I I wonder if I can begin Jacqueline if you could tell us a little bit about your your own journey your own journey with well-being and kind of sort of how you arrived here at at sort of in the glow I can indeed it started a very long time ago um when I was 20 years old I was diagnosed with chronic fatigue syndrome Um, And I um, was working as a travel agent at the time um, and I was struggling a lot. Um, And then I just had this epiphany one day once I'd I'd sort of got better and got over the the initial um, uh, bout of illness. I decided that I wanted to help people who had chronic fatigue syndrome. And the only thing that was around then, I mean, we are talking 19... Uh, 
1990 so it was really really early days of any kind of holistic therapies and the only thing really around then was reflexology and aromatherapy and I don't do feet so <laughs> aromatherapy seems the, best, <laughs> seems the best way to go um, and the only aromatherapy course I could find was actually part of a beauty therapy course in a private beauty therapy school because it was very exclusive back in the day. You had to pay an awful lot of money, go to a private school. You couldn't just do it at college back then. Um, so um, I invested a year of my life and an awful lot of money in training as a beauty therapist, just so that I could do aromatherapy to help people with chronic fatigue syndrome. Wow. Um, and um, that that's where it started, really. And and kind of the bug for all things holistic um, kicked in. I was a, be a practicing beauty therapist for a number of years. Um, and then I've, I've done so many different jobs. I won't go, in, go into all of that. I'll try and sort of keep on the holistic path. Um, and then um, an opportunity arose. I got made redundant from the job I was in at the time. So I opened my own holistic um well-being shop so it was a crystal new age shop with a, a complimentary therapy center at the back mm. by that time I'd done some Reiki um and I'd um sort of broadened my um sort of repertoire if you like so I was doing therapies during the day and and selling crystals and singing bowls and all that kind of thing in the shop as well uh, which was lovely the big thing was though was that I wasn't healthy myself ah. you know so you're trying to teach people um to look after themselves look after their holistic themselves holistically and there I was a fairly unhealthy four stone heavier than I am now person um so I I didn't embody what I was teaching um so um and I could never really understand why I, I I didn't achieve what I wanted to achieve back then. And it was only sort of recently when I was looking at how I am now in my business that I am today. And it's like, well, I'm a completely different person. And I actually embody today what I'm trying to show and teach people. Um, and so that that's really that's really where I'm at uh, during lockdown. Um, I because I'd because I'd lost all of this weight, I didn't want to become a couch potato again, uh, which I could have quite easily sat on the sofa watching TV when I got put on furlough. But no, I, I decided that I had to keep up the diet that I was on. Um, I started running, but with chronic fatigue, that wasn't particularly the easiest thing to do. Mm -hmm. um, and I discovered yoga. Well, I didn't discover yoga, but yoga's always sort of been there I've just never been drawn to it it was like oh it just seems too boring but I saw a post on Facebook um, of some um, anatomical pictures of people doing yoga and I tried all of them and I couldn't do a single one wow. and it was like okay so by the end of this lockdown I'm going to be able to do them I still can't do them to this day I'd like to point out because they, they were pretty difficult poses um but I, I started yoga um and I started seeing all the changes in my body which was fantastic but my face wasn't changing I still had the damage of losing the weight around my face 
And I just happened across one day this um, this little um, 21 day introduction to face yoga. And I thought, oh, I'll, I'll have a look at that. Mm-hmm. And I was absolutely hooked. And it just caught my um, inspiration and my passion. Um, and it's something I now practice every single day. Um, and it's so much more than just facial exercise, but I'm sure we'll come on to that in, in, in a bit. But that's where I'm at today. Um, I practice face yoga and yoga every day. Um, and I also try and get out for a, a walk at least two or three times a week so that um, I'm keeping my own health in check so that I I feel um, that I can genuinely go out to people and say this truly works and and I embody what I'm I'm trying to teach I think that's very very important to me that I actually embody what I'm trying to, to trying to teach people wow oh thank you Jacqueline that was just such an articulate lovely you know kind of description of your journey and and where you are it was yeah really interesting to hear as well I think you touched on so many themes that that come up actually quite a lot Claire didn't you you know I think particularly this idea of coming to things when we're ready for them you know it seemed to me that like you said yoga's always been there but it hadn't and I hear that a lot with people actually you know and I know when I was I did quite a bit of yoga now but when I was younger it just never never appealed to me and and I did a lot of dancing in my youth so it kind of I think I saw it as like oh no it's you know it's it's, it's inferior almost but it's it's completely not it's completely you know it's it, I mean it's it's everything isn't it you know kind of yeah. yoga it sort of does so much um but you do you come to things when you're ready and it also sounds like with your business and sort of the whole kind of living and breathing it side mm-hmm. what you were saying there you know, it's almost like these are steps that we have to take and we have to have these realisations or I don't know what you call them, you know, it's sort of where you, you it's like, ah, oh, I understand now. It's like you've gone through another door, isn't it? You know, on your journey and it's kind of once you're through there, you can't go back again because it's a different place. No, and it's it, almost like once you've seen it, you can't unsee it and it's just like <laughs> a light a light going on and it's like, oh, that's why. <laughs> you know and it, it yeah I've had a lot of those but um that's great it's interesting as well I think that we do come across a lot of people in in well-being world and and sort of I know Claire and I ourselves you know we have a lot of conversations don't we about embodying our practices and living and breathing it and we always say we notice when we're slipping yeah. you know into those kind of not so you know supportive habits and it's kind of like, but we've got all this information, we've got all this learning, you know, it, but it's like we're not infallible, you know, we're not kind of, you know, we're human beings. So it's not about beating yourself up about that, is it? It's just about kind of noticing it. Recognising it, doing something about it and getting back on track, exactly. Yeah. I think I really like that you said like, okay, so you, you tried running, but then obviously with your chronic fatigue, that wasn't helpful. and That wasn't really for you. And then you found this other thing. And I think that's really helpful for people to hear because very often we can go, oh, I'll start running. And then it's sort of like we beat ourselves up because we don't do it. 
Um, and it's something that I've done in the past because I'd started running and I lost a lot of weight with that. But then I got diagnosed with RA and uh, rheumatoid arthritis and I couldn't run, um, you know, because it just batters my joints, my ankles. I get Achilles tendonitis every time. And it's sort of like, but it's finding something different and not clinging to the past clinging to what you think should be so you were it didn't sound like you were going oh well beat myself up because I've not been running it's like oh no that's not for me okay well let's find something else and you found something that mm. really triggered your your creative juices and interest definitely definitely yeah I, I just I've never been an exerciser in fact I've always hated it um but everybody seemed to be doing the challenge that, you know, the five zero to five couch to 5K challenge, which is absolutely brilliant, by the way. I thoroughly enjoyed doing it. Um, and I actually ran for a good sort of three. Well, no, I'd, I'd even gone back to work. I actually ran for about six months. Wow. Um, but it, it started to... Um, it started to challenge me and I just thought you know for for the pain that I'm beginning to feel it, it's it's not worth it there must be something else so that's when I switched tack really yeah I agree I think that is it it is a, and so much within well-being there's so much there to kind of that's designed really to sort of make us feel about what we should be doing or that, um, you know, and we can go down that comparison sort of route, can't we? But we're all so individual and we're all, it's all about what's personal to us. And I, I think, think the thing is as well now, though, is that um, I've kind of now give myself permission to recognise what's going on in my body. Whereas before, that when I was younger, it was like, I'm not letting this illness beat me. You know, I will do it anyway. And I used to wind up being bedridden because I wouldn't give myself permission to say actually that's not right change tack a little bit it's okay to say um I think you've always got this fear of appearing a failure you know so so I still and it was a trigger I had when I actually told everybody that I would I'd stopped running I went back into old behavior of of um oh, I've got to tell everybody I've failed, you know, but actually it isn't, it isn't a failure. Um, it's actually recognising what you need to do for your own health and well-being um, to be a, a better, a better you. That's it in a nutshell, really. I think that, I, I love, I love that you've said that because I think that's, it's good for me to hear, you know, again, kind of thing. Because I think you're so right. It is very often external forces are like, no, just push through that pain. Keep on, you know, you can overcome it, that kind of thing. But actually, if your body's telling you something, it is about listening to it. So the fact that you've done that and, yeah, that whole like sort of headspace of, oh, I've got to tell people I failed. I've stopped doing that. Why have I stopped doing that? And it's like, why? That's, we're justifying it and we don't need to. It's just, that's not for us anymore. I think that, I, I love that idea of listening to your body and knowing, because I fought for ages against my RA because it's sort of like, I, I get lethargic with that if I've done too much and I'd just be, I'd, I'd be really 
tough on myself and going, oh, why can't you do that? And oh, now you're ill again. And, you know, that kind of thing. And instead, listening to, okay, I need to just take it easy today because I did a lot yesterday. And actually, that means then I get better quicker. I can get back into things quicker. And it's just, it's, we've got to listen to our own self. I think that's really key what you said. Yeah, uh, you know, if the, if somebody's listening, if if even one person is listening, and and that re- uh, resonates with them, then my job here is done, kind of thing. You know, <laughs> true. I think it definitely, definitely resonates. I think with I think it will with a lot of people. I do. Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? I think I'm finding more and more as I sort of create my own practices and my own ways of taking care of myself that I realized that a lot of the thing because you use the word permission you know which was which was really significant I think but I think I know what I notice is that a lot of the things that I get really kind of it's really stressed me up or you know kind of getting in the way are all just kind of arbitrary rules that I've created for myself (laughs) they're not based on anything they're just and and so and we have the power to change that stuff don't we but it's all about often it's about permission or it's about perception or we worry about what other people will think or you know whatever it happens to be for us and I think that's why you know you you also used the word holistic earlier and you know we're we're three being we, we sort of say mental well-being because it's all about kind of we always think like the mind is the battleground in, in many mm. ways um but really it is about having that holistic sort of approach to well-being there's so many different facets so many different aspects to it and we learn every day don't you think Jacqueline we're sort of oh, something new to learn yeah absolutely and I think um in this last in this last three years I'm going to say the three years that we've you know been mm. in this cycle of what we've been in <laughs> yeah. I've been on a learning curve since I was 20 through you know but and be through all the things that I've learned and and practiced and everything but I think I've had I I turned 50 in 2020 mm-hmm. in fact I, had, I was able to celebrate my 50th birthday before we went into lockdown so I was okay. really lucky <laughs> um but through that period of time um I have really I've learned the most about myself despite all the things I've done all the training I've done I would say that I've learned the most about myself in the last three years um hugely Mm. and and I'm I'm certainly not the same person I was three years ago today I'm I'm braver I'm healthier I'm um more at peace with who I am than I've ever been before so um you know it's been a huge learning curve but it's been very interesting at the same time can I ask sorry how have you learned about yourself so what what made you sort of get to know yourself a lot more what kind of things did you do I don't think I've done anything specific I think it's been an organic thing really um I mean, we've all found ourselves in situations that we've never been in before, um, you know. And I, th- I think, um, I think, just just through day to day living has has made me realise that actually I'm tougher than I ever thought I was. 
um, in in certain certain things. Um, I work in retail, which has been incredibly challenging um, with um, dealing with people's fear, actually. Mm. Um, you know, people were afraid they had to come shopping, but they were afraid to come shopping. And when people are in fear, um, they speak and and act in ways that they would n- never normally. So yeah. um, and I've learned to um, once upon a time, I would have taken it really personally. You know, if somebody if somebody was rude or sort of lashed out, I would have I would have. Well, what have I done? You know, been really, really personal about it. Um, but I've learned that actually it's, it's nothing to do with me. It's their fear and um, the compassion I have for people and the empathy I have for people has has grown. And I think through that, I have learned about myself and what I'm capable of and who I am as a person, um, because it isn't all about me. It's a, it's a strange thing. As I say, it's been an organic thing. I can't say that I've done one specific thing. Um, having a daily yoga practice obviously helps because it makes you mindful and it's it sets me up for the day and and that kind of thing but th- there's been a lot of a lot of things but i would say really it's um how i've grown in dealing with other people um a lot of the time and it's made me become very aware of myself um in how i react to things and actually hang on was that them was that them that did that? No, actually, that was me deciding to react to what they just did in that way. You know, so it's kind of, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm waffling a little bit, but that, no, that's no, <laughs> you know, really articulate. You just, I don't know about Sue, but you reminded me of our emotional wealth stuff. Yeah. Yeah. As you're thinking that, because actually what you're doing there is you're, you're looking at something completely different. You're taking a different perspective and that is helping you to go, hang on a minute, that isn't personal. It's not about me. They're acting that way. And then you're able to then deal with them, like you said, with more compassion and stuff, because you've took away this. This is a personal attack. And I think it's just, that's really enlightened. But I I also think more of us need to do that because it's less judgmental. We're all standing less judgment on other people. It's like the fear, you're right. You know, fear makes people act in very different ways from how they usually would. And it's not their personality. And it's about dealing with them in that sort of situation that supports them to feel hopefully a little bit more comfortable or safe or whatever it is they need. I really like the fact that you've done that. And I, saying- I, I think that meditation, though, that you've had with yoga as well, also helps you to sort of sift through this kind of stuff. I'm not perfect. You know, there are there are situations where I am challenged and I probably um, react in, in ways that I, that I shouldn't. Um, but I but I'm also somebody who will actually go away and reflect on that and think how how I could have handled it don't don't get me wrong I don't lose sleep at night and I'm not sitting there churning but I'll I'll go away and think actually I could have possibly handled that a little bit differently Mm. Um, and if that arises again then I know that I'll deal with it in a different way um you know but it's been interesting times and and I I 
I actually quite like the person I've become, I think. Oh. So and that's the first time in 52 years I've ever been able to say something like that out loud and genuinely feel it in my heart. Yeah. That's sorry. <laughs> I think that's wonderful. Mm. It's wonderful to hear you say that and to share that on here with us, actually. Um, so thank you for that. And Claire's right. Everything that you're describing is it's part of a kind of a system, a program, a, a kind of a, a training thing that Claire and I refer to as emotional wealth. And it, it is all about sort of not being ruled by your emotions, you know, but using them as information to sort of say, what's this telling me? Why am I feeling like this? What's that about? How do I need to change my behavior? You know, and sort of asking yourself those questions, which it sounds like you've kind of you've come to that mm. in a very natural way. I think maybe just uh, you're just ready, and the fact that you're open to it, and and I, I do think having a daily practice, um, it, it does help because I know myself when I don't do stuff. I often say to Claire, if I've not had my walk and I've not done my yoga, it's like I'm like a cranky child you know so <laughs> I'm not able to function you know and I can't and it's but as you say knowing this stuff about yourself it's it is it's enlightening it's, and it's it's empowering as well isn't it you know you feel differently and That's I have to say you know what you're embodying you know meeting you for the first time for me it, it it's it's coming over you know it, there's a real authenticity about you and it's sort of Oh, thank you. Yeah, it really it really comes across, don't you think, Claire? Oh, totally. I mean, everything you're talking about, it is this whole thing about you wanted to embody. You are, you're embodying everything that you're talking about. And I think that's, that it just comes across as really authentic as well. I love that. Oh, thank mm. you. Well, I, I, I like to think, you know, I like to think so because I'm very heart-led. Um, yeah. I don't do very much. Again, I've, I've come to learn that if it doesn't sit well in my heart, then it isn't happening <laughs> you know it's kind of very 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 heart-led I might have an argument with my head sometimes but I'm very much a feeler mm. um, and if it doesn't feel right in my heart then I don't I, I really don't put my energy to it anymore um, I've learned to say no um, a lot um, you know so I, I'm a, I, as I say I'm a very different person three years on it's interesting, isn't it, that we we perhaps I don't know if anybody's listening to this and thinking, but what's this got to do with well-being? But but this is the kind of stuff that Claire and I have been sort of delving into for for the last few years with our own work. That these are this is kind of like it's like the backdrop, isn't it, to sort of everything that you're doing. So you you might have the yoga, or you might have the reiki, or you might have a practice that you do, or you do some mindful craft, or whatever it is, but it's the sort of the what's going on in the background with us um mm. really can either serve and really support us or it can kind of niggle away and it can eat away and no amount of you know other kinds of activities or running or whatever it is that you do if you're not paying that attention to yourself and you're not kind of giving yourself those permissions or you know asking yourself those big questions like it sounds like you've been doing it's sort of you're only doing part of the work, I think. Um, and I think this is what people don't necessarily understand or appreciate when we look at our well-being and when we talk about being holistic. We're not just talking about, you know, 
mind body in terms of like meditation or something like that we're actually talking about digging deep mm. and really sort of starting to understand ourselves and uh, well, I think you oh sorry no, I was just going to say we're oh. never done you know it's sort of we're no. always learning go on always well I for, for me you know um one of the questions you put on your little sheet because I I sort of really thought about those and I thought well what is mental well-being to me um, and it actually came down to mental well-being is balance because mental well-being is is how you think but how you think is so governed by how you feel and what you're doing and putting into and how you're using your body so I think you can't have one without the other two um, and so when you bring all of those into balance, when you're physically healthy, when you're emotional, you know, when, when you understand your emotions and how your emotions and how you physically are impacts on how you think about you and your environment and the world around you, it's bringing all three of those things into balance. And then we have our best health, really. Um, yeah, I thought about it long and hard, and it was kind of, <laughs> it was kind of, you know, that wow, you know, that was that was um, it for me. Mm. Um, and again, over the last three years, I think I've really tried to work on all three things. Mm. Um, you know, because again, in all the years that I've been working, I've worked on the physical, and I've never really got the results. I've worked on the how I think um, with affirmations and things. And, and, and yeah, to a certain extent, it, it's okay. But affirmations are just words until you actually feel those in your, you know, and, and truly start to feel them in your body. Mm -hmm. That's when affirmations start to work, you know. So it's, it's a hope that you can't have one without the other. All three things have to work in unison and be in balance with each other to have good mental health, really. And you just explained that perfectly. Yeah. I mean, it's just, you're so right. Just this whole thing about, you know, um, yeah, what what we think comes across in how we're feeling and then that includes our behaviours and that. Like, and it's sort of like, it's either a vicious circle or it's a fantastic circle of mm. these three things that really impact on us. And you can't have one without the other because um, it doesn't work as well. You know, something that you were saying earlier and um, not not long ago and you were saying you sort of like you were 50 in 2020. So you just you're just in your early 50s. And yet it's the first time you felt that you were able to, you know, from your heart be okay with who you are that kind of thing and it's like why does it take us so long to get there to feel like yeah, that because you've been doing this kind of stuff for like like you said 30 odd years what do you think what do you think was the changing point for you was it the embodiment was there something else that's going on what was the changing point for you to finally accept yourself do you know what I really I really don't I really don't know all I know is that um so I started I, I lost the weight in 2018 for my brother's wedding that was the trigger point it was kind of um 
all of my family are fairly tall and thin. Um, and I inherited my grandmother's genes of being very short and quite round. Um, and the thought of being the short, stubby one in the photos, I had to do something about it. I couldn't do anything about my height, but I could do something about my width. <laughs> you know, so um, so it was really that that trig that that triggered everything. Um, but I can't say there was a defining moment of where I suddenly it, it wasn't a, it wasn't a conscious decision it's been a, a, again I'll go back to the word organic it's been an organic growth I lost the weight which was something I never ever imagined possible having been overweight since I was in my mid-20s and battling with my weight all of my life it was impossible you know the the dream was that I could lose a stone to put a nice dress on you know but the fact that I actually lost four stone in nine months that was impossible but it wasn't impossible I did it mm -hmm. and then then um and I think that really that was the spur that was the moment that I thought hang on a second if I can do that I can do anything mm -hmm. I can and, and so the, the whole emotion, the, obviously I had all of these tools that I get garnered over the years. Mm -hmm. It was actually, hang on a second, why don't I start using these tools for myself? I'm great at helping other people. I'm great at standing there saying, you know, if you do this and if you do this exercise and you do this meditation and, and it was like, hang on a sec, Jacqueline let's take you in hand and let's actually start using all of these tools that you've garnered for yourself and actually be the person you are here to be um, instead of hide, hiding yourself away. Um, and I think that's it. I'm sick of hiding. I'm sick of being a little sh shy little wallflower because I've actually got a lot to say in a, as you can tell, I've got a lot to say, oh, <laughs> and, um, and 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 I'm passionate about what I've got to say, and it's quite I can't hide behind that anymore. That's lovely. It is lovely. It really comes over. Tell us about face yoga, Jacqueline. Tell us about why why face so, yoga. yeah, and why you are so passionate about it. Um, I think what it was, the, the uh, I mentioned earlier, the initial reason was because I was very puffy. Um, uh, if you actually go onto my website, you can see sort of the, the photographs of how I was before to now. Um, and um, I just wanted to try and do something. So I wanted to do something about it. And as a beauty therapist, I've often used a lot of, you know, very expensive face creams and that kind of stuff. And I just wasn't getting the results. And um, I was never going to go down, the, you know, not that I object to it. Everybody has to do their own thing. But for me, fillers and, and surgery is, is just is a, is a no-go. It doesn't go with my whole um, natural, holistic philosophy um I'd also be absolutely terrified to go under the knife if I'm honest <laughs> um so uh, I discovered this little exercise this 21 days of face yoga 
And by the end of doing that 21 days, I wasn't transformed, but I actually started to notice a difference. And I thought, well, there was something in this. So I started to investigate more. And I actually then suddenly thought, sort of with my beauty therapy training, well, if I combine that with that, then, oh, yeah, that gives me a better result. And then I suddenly thought um, how I move, how I sit, so my posture and, and how I move and how I stand, well, that affects my face as well. So that added another dimension. And then um, uh, it was like, okay, so what I eat, what I drink, that added another dimension. And basically it comes down to absolutely every single thing we do in our day shows in our face. So if we're um, sort of stressed, emotional, we pull expressions with our face. Over time, if we don't deal with that, that emotion and that stress, our lines and wrinkles will come. So say, for example, you frown a lot. You can see where I frowned a lot in my life because <laughs> I've got the, the, the lines across my forehead. Um, that's through life experience. Um, you know, how if I if I eat lots of sugar and chocolate, I get spots, you know. So it was it was it was very interesting to me that actually, you know, you sort of think face yoga and you think face exercises. But actually, absolutely everything we do in every minute of our day impacts on the health of our skin, which impacts on how we age, impacts on how uh, our overall health and well-being and by um, just making these changes, doing a little bit of mass massage, doing a little bit of exercise, looking at your diet and everything, it literally changes how you look. Um, and it helps to slow down the aging process, which is a which is a, a bonus uh, because you don't feel so stressed. You're not putting toxins into your body. You're looking after your skin internally and externally. And obviously the exercise helps to lift and tone like exercising any other mu muscle in the body. So I think what, what captured my, my imagination and my passion was that as somebody with chronic fatigue syndrome, who sometimes struggles to do a lot of physical exercise, I can do face yoga every day without exhausting myself and know 100% that I'm doing the best thing I can for my health. And that's it in a nutshell, really. I love that. It, it just feels very possible and very empowering. And like, I, I, I want to do it. It's kind of like, <laughs> I want to do it right. Do you feel like that, Claire? Yeah. Really yeah, I'm just like, right, let's start. Let's like, go. Like, right, let's show go. me what to do. <laughs> yeah. And, and so, so if someone, tell us about sort of what you offer, you know, through through the work that you do, you know, kind of, so if someone wants to come and work with you, do you work one-to-one -one with people? Do you do workshops? I know you've got a YouTube channel with some videos on there and things. Yeah, so I, I've got I've got various various things. Um, so the, the primary place would be to come and join my group on Facebook book the glow club wow. Um, wow. because i put little little snip snippets of uh, i put little videos and tips and things on there so um to actually have initial contact with me then the glow club is is kind of first port of call in terms of of what i do um 
I do a monthly class on Zoom, which is the first Tuesday of every month. So that is open to to anybody who wants to come along and do a face yoga class. Um, I do do one to ones. Um, um, and I also have I, I literally last week launched my membership. Oh, um, so wow. um if I, I i have closed the doors on the membership but if anybody would is interested in joining the membership then i'd certainly sort of talk to them about it um and with the membership that is um i i've got programs that i'm creating mm-hmm. so there will be five programs in all that you can follow individually or you can mix and match the videos to create a program of your own Um, and they're 15 minutes a day so it's not taking a huge amount of time out of your day you can do a little video of face yoga and that will build up you know over time and then I will do uh, um, two live face yoga classes a month for everybody and then there's loads of sundry bits like there's the pose vault and the meditation vault and the loads of other little bits and pieces in there so that really is my passion at the moment the membership because it's so new and it's probably the best way um, to get access to me and face yoga Um, but I love doing the live classes so um, I will keep the sort of the monthly live classes going for anybody who just wants to do a class Um, and then so that's it really for the moment. Wow, there's a lot to choose from there, and we're yeah, going to post it's really all the accessible and... as well, isn't it? For people, it makes I, it I, really I try to be. I mean, the, the thing is, is I'm still working a forty-hour week job in retail as well, mm-hmm. trying to. So, um, so I want to, but I want uh, face yoga is is, as you can tell, my passion, yeah. um, and that's where I want to go. Um, so I want to be as accessible to people as I possibly mm-hmm. can be. Um, in the way that they they want to do it um you know so it it will work I'm I'm pretty sure that I'm pretty positive about it so Um, we'll make sure that we post um all the relevant links and uh and things so that people can find you online Jacqueline because like Claire says it is it's very accessible it doesn't matter where you are in the world people can connect with you and join that which is uh fabulous I think we might be uh Joining in ourselves, Claire, don't you? I think <laughs> you're more than welcome. I'd love to see you. I love the name as well, the Glow yeah. Club. So like, who doesn't want to be part of that? I'm Glow. <laughs> I, I actually wrote down kind of before I, you know, before we sort of met about I love I do love the name in the Glow Face Yoga because I think it's interesting because I wrote it's something you can embody or create for yourself and you've used that word embodiment a lot and mm-hmm. it does it feels like you're kind of you're stepping into it you know it's yeah. kind of I'm, I'm stepping into my glow you know it's sort of but yeah Claire's right who wouldn't want, wouldn't want to be in the glow club um, <laughs> yeah. I think you definitely got a kind of engaging you know sort of reach there um, oh, you've shared so much useful stuff here. I think there's, and you've shared a lot about your own, you know, kind of like you've shared lots of tips actually and lots of insight for people. It's sort of if someone was kind of listening to this and they were just sort of thinking like, oh, I, I don't really know where to begin or how to get started. It's kind of like, what's one thing that you would sort of say to them to kind of help them dip their toe in the water with this kind of thing? Um, 
one thing that I would say, um, what, what I would say is actually give yourself permission to have a few minutes a day that belong to you, right? We do everything for everybody else. Give yourself permission, even if it's just five minutes, give yourself permission to have five minutes every day that are just for you. Fits really beautifully with our three Bs, Claire, doesn't it? Particularly our, our three B philosophy and the, and the breathe. You know, that's very much what that's about. You know, just, yeah. just, just find that little bit of space just for you every day. Um, oh, you shared so much wonderful insight. I think, you know, it's um, sort of time, I think, to play uh, your song. Um, you picked a song out for us. We ask all our guests to share um, a tune that sort of is either meaningful that meaningful for them or something that kind of resonates or uplifts them. So tell us about the song that you've chosen and, and why it's meaningful for you. Okay, well, I've chosen um, Vienna by Ultravox. Um, it's my favourite song. And oh God, I feel emotional. How funny is that? <laughs> Brilliant. Um, <laughs> When I when I was when I was a child, I um, went to ballet classes and I actually auditioned for the Royal Ballet, but I was too short. Um, so I so I've always kind of had this little ballet dancer in me, um, and whenever I hear um, Vienna, I I just because my inner ballerina comes out, and um, I'm not going to say that I sort of dance around the bedroom or anything. <laughs> doing ballet dancing but I, I it just brings back the memories of of um the joy I had um of ballet dancing and I can I I imagine myself being this ballet dancer on the stage doing Swan Lake and stuff and I and it's just it really gets me in touch with my inner child I think and and I don't think there's a single time that I have heard that song where I don't embrace the little ballet dancer in me so it's just just my song <laughs> I know, that just sounds wonderful um you mentioned about kind of feeling that pure joy so let's have a listen ultra box vienna that was an extract from our radio show let's talk well-being you can listen in every thursday between 12 and 2 on hcr 92.3 fm or online on hcr923fm.com